I'm your host, Rob Carbone. This is BD4. honest with you I'm really not going to try to go too long tonight just kind of fed up with this um, team of late they're just leaving me with no energy I don't want to waste my time on a team that's played this pathetic um, so I'm not gonna I'm gonna try not you know usually we'll go about an hour you know I would say yeah I would say about an hour but tonight hopefully we can get this done in half of that if it goes 45 minutes, so be it. But I really want to try to keep this as short as possible. Again, just because I don't have the energy. You know, when the Knicks don't play with energy, I'm not going to waste my energy. That's just the way it's going to go for me. Um, you know, it's kind of become a chore to watch this team over these last couple of days. Um, not going to sit here and act like we're in dire straits. We are not in dire straits. Um, this is still a team that's made a major turnaround so far from last season. And this is still a team that I very much enjoy watching for the most part. But, again, these last couple of nights, three losses in a row. Um, it's just not exactly been the Knicks that we're used to. They're not playing with that same pizzazz. Julius Randle has, you know, I don't know if he's, I don't know if it's the thigh injury. Um, maybe he's gassed, you know, maybe it's catching up to him because I think he leads the NBA in total minutes by far too. He doesn't look the same out there. He just hasn't been the same player this half. Um, you know, his field goal percentage has tanked from the start. From the first, you look at the first half percentage compared to his field goal percentage now. In the second half, you compare the two, they're, they're drastically different. So maybe it's the minutes catching up to him. R.J. Barrett's kind of been up and down the, uh, lately. Another single-digit uh, points effort from him. Two out of the last three now. Um, same problems here with these fixed rotations. Where Tom Thibodeau just doesn't really go with the hot hand. And he's not about the flow of the game. But rather what's on the script. You know, it's their fixed rotations. It's robotic. It's gotten to me at this point. You know, I've been bugging out about it all season long. But I'm at the point where it's gotten to me. Where I'm not even going to bother wasting. Like, I'm, I'm just, it's, it's all neutral to me. Like, I'm whatever about it now. I'm just going to sit here and watch this happen, and it's hard. These last couple of nights, if you've, you know, seen me physically watching these games, especially tonight, I didn't have emotion. Like, I was getting up when we were playing well. One second. I was, sorry, I was getting up when we were playing well, but as soon as we started, you know, Playing like shit in the second half of that second quarter tonight against the Mavericks. 
I just completely emotionless, and, and, and I just sat there, and here we go again. I know exactly what the what the, what the issues were going to be, and you know what? To be honest with you, it wasn't even rotations tonight. I, I want to get into it more later, you know. But it, it, tonight it was just not going to Obi Toppin when he was actually hot for a change. So we're going to get into that. Uh, I do want to recap the, the Wolves game a couple nights ago, but hope everybody's doing well. Um, I'm your host R.J. Carbone. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to BD4 where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. Um, so, we're, we're, again, we're going to try to go short tonight. We always say that, and we end up going the full hour, but hopefully we can keep it at 30 to 45 minutes tops. Um, hope everyone's healthy. Hope everyone's safe. Hope everyone's having a good time tonight. Tonight is a Friday. As I speak, it's a Friday, April 2nd. Hope everybody had a good um April Fool's Day on Wednesday. <laughs> People celebrate that. I don't know. Um, yeah, that's 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 pretty much the rundown, guys. I'm trying not to again waste my energy if they're not going to waste their energy on the court, or if they're going to be wasting my time playing with no energy on the court, then I'm going to be the same. Um. Um. Baseball season started, but again, if you follow along with the podcast, you know that I do Yankees episodes every series. We'll cover the Yankees in the podcast, and then if you follow along with my Knicks podcast episodes, we do shows for the Knicks every two games, and it turns out, you know, they don't overlap. You know, the end of this NBA regular season does not overlap at all with the MLB season starting up, so... Um, we're going to keep going to schedule. We're going to do Yankees episodes after every series and the Knicks after every two games so until the end of the season So for the NBA. So that's that's that. Um, all right, let's head to our first break, and, and I guess we'll get right into some things here. Um, there's not much. There's not much happening. So I, usually I'll try to, you know, talk about something um, different than what we're going to get into, you know, for the intro. But I don't know. There's not much going on. You know, there was the thing where the MLB is officially moving the All-Star game. I, you know, I don't have much of a take on that just because I don't give a fuck about the All-Star game. I never really paid attention to it that much. Um, I'll have it on the background, but I don't sit there and watch it. Um, it's They moved it because they're basically baseball is trying to get woke. I guess you could say now, just like along with the other sports, and they're trying to get political with everything when they really shouldn't. Um, and the thing that bothers me is, I don't like when any sport gets political, but the thing that bothers me is, is why does it always have to be that one side? You know, they're always taking that one side. It's it's Politics is a thing. If you're going to go into politics, it's a thing where there's obviously two sides, right? There's this side and there's that side. But it's like what every big you know sport that gets into politics, they're always taking that one side and they're forcing it on others. And it's like they act as if you're not supposed to have an opinion on the other side. And that's, I think, what bothers me even more that they're getting into politics is that they're force-feeding you uh, left-side propaganda. And yeah, I said it. I'm kind of fucking tired of it. Um, But I don't want to get into that too much because I could go on and on about how I feel um, as, as somebody who's not left. 
All right, let's let's head to break, and when we get back from the break, we'll get right into the thick of things here with the Knicks, and again, we will try and keep this as short as we can. So, we'll be right back. Hey, fellas. So, really quick, before we get back into the show, I do want to remind you that if you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast or subscribed to my blog or followed me on social media even, you can do all that by going to my link tree. Just go to linktr.ee slash rjcarbone. That is linktr.ee slash rjcarbone. Guys, thanks so much. Let's get back to the show. So before we get into the Wolves game, uh, I'm sorry, the Mavericks game tonight, um, we're going to quickly recap this Timberwolves game. <sighs> you know, it wasn't... All right, so Knicks take the loss in Minnesota. All right, a night after losing to the Miami Heat, they go into Minnesota and they take a one-point loss, 102-101 to in Minnesota's favor. Um, first of all, I didn't love the ball movement. I thought that was the one thing I wanted to point out before we got into... Anything before we get into anything else, this is the one thing I want to talk about is the ball movement was very stagnant as it's been lately during this losing stretch. Um, just 14 assists outside of Julius Randle. Um, there was just a lot of isolation, especially late. Not a lot of just nobody passing the ball and nobody was looking for each other. They couldn't get good looks because of that. Everybody was looking for their own shot. Hero ball, hero ball is, is really what. Lost them the game there down the stretch as well. Um, they were looking good earlier, early on at least in transition. Like they need to run more. They really need to run more. And they had eighteen fast point, fast point, uh, fast break points. But it could have been a lot more. They had. It's not like they don't have. They don't have a ton of personnel for it, but they have Derrick Rose. Even without him, they have R.J. Barrett. He can run great. Um, they have Julius Randle, who's capable of running the floor. You know, it, it's they, they they need to run more. I felt like they should have done that a lot more um, against the Wolves. Uh, there were some defensive lapses too late. A lot of overhelping. A lot of overhelping. You had that one play. Uh, first of all, Burks was pretty bad defensively. Again, just helping the helper way too often and then leaving his man open. But there was that one play late. Um, Alfred Payton was caught just stand, helping in the paint when he did not need to be in the paint. And because of this, he leaves R.J. Barrett standing alone on the perimeter with two guys to guard. One guy in the wing, another tucked into the corner. And you had that big three there forget who it was, and and that was like towards the end of the game because of Alfred Payton helping in the paint. Didn't have to happen. So a lot of defensive lapses late. The Knicks were pretty poor, you know, rotating. Uh, their closeouts weren't exactly crisp. It was just a rough game to watch. But I want to talk about just why we couldn't put them away. And it was that fourth quarter where, you know, the rotations became a factor. Um, But, you know, the Knicks had their opportunities to pull away here from Minnesota, right? They had that 19-3 to run 
which, you know, bridged from the end of the first to, you know, early to midway through the second, they went on that 19-3 run. You know, Alec Burks hits the three to make it 19-3, the run, and he puts them up 18 points. That's the largest lead of the night. But, again, just the Knicks can't clamp down defensively. Jaden McDaniels hits a pair of three-pointers, cuts that lead to 11 for the Knicks, and the Wolves eventually dwindle that lead all the way down to one. So it's a one-point game at halftime. The Knicks barely in the lead. Um, they kind of get it together in the third quarter. They come out strong. Alfred Payton, you know, we're going to hit on him. He actually had a good third quarter, scores a flurry of points, um, finishes with 17. Uh, Randall, you know, he hit those three mid-range shots in a row for the Knicks to wrap up the third quarter, help the Knicks regain some separation going up in the fourth um, with an 11-point lead. So that's where the fourth quarter comes, and just the failure to put this team away lands, in at least in this game, lands in Tom Thibodeau's hands, in my opinion. Just his love for Alfred Payton really domino affected everything. I'm just again with the with the volatile substitutions. Just and I get it, kind of. I mean, Derrick Rose. I would think if Derrick Rose was in this game, he would be the one closing and not Alfred Payton. But he was sitting out with the injury. Um, but Tibbs' love for Payton gets to him and. I know he had 17 points, but this just... He comes in the game. So he checks into the game. The Knicks are up. Peyton checks in the game, and they immediately start collapsing, as we so often see. He gets two quick turnovers, which turn, it turns into an Anthony Edwards dunk, and, and Carl Anthony Towns eventually gets one to go. So two turnovers, which lead to two baskets on the other end for Minnesota, both by Peyton. Then he misses a couple of point-blank layups. Taj Gibson has to bail him out on one of those. He's, he's when he doesn't have the ball in his hands, he was cut. He was cutting with penetrators, just right into traffic, killing killing all the spacing that we needed. And you just watched what the offense for the Knicks looked like with Alfred Payton on the floor. Just watching the way Minnesota was scheming us, it should have been a huge hint to Tom Thibodeau. Hey, get this guy off the floor right now. They are not taking us seriously with him on the floor. I mean, you had Rubio sagging 10 feet. You know, they were playing under the screen by by 10 feet. They were there. It wasn't even like they were going under the screen. They were just ignoring the screen. Pretty much, if you watch this fucking thing. You had guys getting doubled because of Peyton's lack of a threat. Randall getting doubled. You know, just him being a non-threat is the reason the Knicks could not get their offense clicking in the fourth quarter. And I saw a stat on Twitter tonight. We have 34 points combined in our last two fourth quarters. Um, but I understand IQ wasn't exactly going. He was 0 for 4. It was 13 minutes. Big whoop. 13 minutes. I would rather have Emmanuel quickly on one leg than Alfred Payton fully healthy. Because he's a threat. Quickly's a threat to space the floor and hit a three. He's a microwave. That's how it works. He hits one shot. That could get him going. That's who Manuel Quickly is. I don't care if he was 0 for 4 or 0 for 15. I wanted him on the floor because he's a threat. The defense actually has to respect his shot. They aren't going under the screen when he's on the floor. No way in hell. 
Him being on the floor could have changed that game. But he wasn't on the floor. You had Alfred Payton out there. Again, no threat. No offensive threat. And the way they were scheming us, just it was a joke. And just like something, man. Some kind of we needed some kind of shooting, and we just didn't have it because we were so reluctant to do it. I, I would just wish that like he Tom Thibodeau wouldn't be so reluctant to make some adjustments and go small ball for a bit. Can we can we just consider it? Yeah. With some of these end-of-the-game rotations, can we do some small ball? How about Emmanuel Quickly, R.J. Barrett, Alec Burks, Reggie Bullock, and Randall to close the game? Or throw Knox somewhere in there, you know, plugged in for Bullock. Or, yeah, at the 4-5 with Randall. I mean, a small ball. It, it, we got to see it at some point. Because at least you have shooting there from 1-5. to five. You have consistent shooting. But these lineups with Alfred Payton, not only just they get us off to bad starts, but keeping him in there for so long in these third quarters, or again, like in this Wolves game, having him in there at the end of the game in the crunch time lineup, just no. I mean, you go back and you look at our biggest wins of the season, they've all came with Alfred Payton on the bench late. You know, Alec Burks is in there at the point even sometimes. He's a, he's a big plus-minus guy. Alfred Payton's the opposite of that. You know, when Derrick Rose is healthy again, he probably would have been on that floor Wednesday night. You know? Why can't quickly play minutes even when he's... Like, Payton gets 25 to 30 minutes on most nights, even when he's not playing exactly great. Why does Emmanuel quickly have to go off to get minutes? He needs to start getting the leash that these veterans are getting. He should be getting 25 minutes whether he plays well or not. He needs to learn. He needs to be out there. He's a threat. He's a streaky microwave scorer. Okay, he can get hot anytime. An 0 for 4 could quickly turn into a 2 for 5 or a 3 for 6 within the snap of a, of a finger. Make a shot, he gets going. He just needs to see the ball going to who. That's who he's been this year. So I don't understand why he's so reluctant to make the switch here. You know, he's keeping this guy Peyton in the lineup. And Peyton was back out there tonight in the starting lineup. So that told me one thing. If Peyton was in the lineup tonight after that egregious fourth quarter that we had against Minnesota, he's never going to make this change. People are saying, relax, relax. It's going to come. He's going to put somebody else out there at point guard. I I, I, I call total bullshit. Bullshit. If, it's, if we're about 50 games in, I think 49 now. He's not going to fucking do it. This is his guy. I don't know what it is. Is it ego? Is it politics? Is it personal feelings? Is it nudes? I don't fucking know. But it's happening. And it's it's not going to change. This is who Tom Thibodeau is. He's sticking with the vets. And he's not going to think about changing that. Not going to think twice about making that adjustment. I don't know why. But... Mm. And then, of course, you know, R.J. Barrett misses the big shot there at the end. You know, he's got to start hitting them. There's not much you could say. And I was fine with Randall letting him take it. I want R.J. taking these shots. I had no issue with it. He's just got to learn. He's got to start hitting them. It wasn't a good look. Kind of like a step back fader. But, you know, 
he's got to start hitting them. He had a solid game. 23 points, 8 for 17, 3 for 4 from deep. But he missed the big shot at the end. And, and Anthony Edwards, you know, obviously, this guy has no legs to stand on here. <laughs> I mean, what is he saying? 38% shooting himself. He's he's 38%. He's 30% from the three. And he's 77 from the line. He's every single category below R.J. Barrett. So if he wants to make that comment, he better check twice. And, and plus, he's on, the, he's on the Wolves. His team is the worst in basketball. So I don't quite understand what he was doing there. Um, clearly trying to troll. You know, some people said he said nothing wrong. Sure, but he said that for a reason. You know, he, 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 he knew what he was doing. This is Anthony Edwards, the same guy who said he doesn't like basketball or some shit in this presser earlier in the year. Um, Edwards had 24, I believe. Towns had like 18 points, 17 boards and six times. It was just not a good night for the Knicks. It was an ugly night. Um, Randall got cold after that hot streak at the end of the third. Didn't have it in the fourth. His energy, just like tonight, lately, has been pissy and miserable. I don't like it. Maybe it's the fucking hair. Maybe it's the braids. Somebody please, somebody please find me the splits. Versus when Julius wears the braids and when he doesn't. <laughs> I mean, he had 26-12-6 on over 50% the other night. But on most nights, and tonight was another night where he's pathetic with the with the with um, without the braids. He's so much better when he has got, when he's got the braids in. And I need I need somebody to find that stat for me. I mean, you could probably I could probably do it. You go to Basketball Reference, look at the game log, and then you have to look at the games, you know, the, the tapes where he is wearing the braids. It's just so time consuming. I want somebody to do it for me. I'm sure somebody on Twitter has some kind of fucking account with some bullshit stats like that. But mostly that game was, like I said, it was it was the substitutions just remaining very questionable and this offense remaining very clunky because of it. You know. Let's get to this Mavs game. <laughs> and I, I don't want to go too long again, but I'm, I'm just... just <sighs> I'm so disappointed. I, I, I don't know. Be right back. I mean, honestly, man, to be honest with you guys, there's not much to go over <clears throat> in this Mavericks game. Now, I'm recording this one not even an hour after the game has been finished. Usually when the game finishes, I'll take some notes for about an hour and make sure I have everything prepared. But I'm, I'm straight off the top of my head for this Dallas Mavericks game. Um, I just didn't, I, again, I don't have the energy to really dissect it. They're not going to provide energy. I'm not going to give energy on them. It was a great, what, first quarter and a half. Um, the Knicks looked pretty good. They were playing really good defense. They forced about six air balls. KP had a couple. Luka airballed the free throw. The Knicks fans were in KP's head. I mean, Tingus Pingus was just a mess in that first, you know, I don't know, 17 or 18 minutes. 
But then, you know, midway through the second quarter comes, following that timeout. Well, the Knicks were in that position where they had a, what, a, uh, no, a 13 point lead about midway through the second. Just playing really good. Again, Tingus Ping is bricking everything. Obi Toppin on fire. The second unit playing really good with Obi Toppin. So, you know, for as good as he was, Obi Toppin, he was playing, finally having maybe on his way to his best game of the year. Following that timeout, the Knicks, Tom Thibodeau just stopped playing Obi Toppin. Inexcusable. For the rest of the game, Obi finished with 10 minutes. He had 9 points in that first half. He was on fire. There was that dunk, you know, almost over Porzingis. He hit a 3. He was hitting the pull-up mid-range off that screen. Just stopped playing him. And when he was in the game in that second half, they just stopped looking at him. They didn't give him any looks. They stopped running plays for him. No, nothing. No cuts for him. No short roll action. They just stuck him on the wing about 30 feet away and he was just fucking sitting there and we didn't even try to get him going again. The starters were, ab they were abysmal. They were fucking egregious. But it didn't matter to Tom Thibodeau. Not Thibodeau and his fixed rotations. So instead of going with the hot hand, with with the flow of the game, he just sticks with he just he just ignored Obi Toppin. One of the few Knicks who had it. Alec Burks the other who ended up scoring twenty points on six of eleven shooting. But Obi Toppin was on fire when the Knicks were beating the Mavericks. Every single one of those points of his nine points were meaningful. Tonight, he was the only Nick with the knack all night long, or up to that point. You know, his buckets were all meaningful. That's where Alec Burks is, uh, you know, Alec Burks, the only, other, the only other Nick who scored efficiently tonight. A lot of his buckets came when the Knicks were on the brink of getting blown out. Um, but Obi Toppin was on fire, and Tom Thibodeau just stopped looking his way. I, I don't know. There's not much to say. That's it. He just stopped looking his way. And and I could go on and on and dissect this whole thing. Just tired, dude. I'm just tired. I don't want to give energy. I have the Yankees to cover tomorrow. I'm excited that the Yankees are back too. So I can actually watch a team who's decent. You know, a team who actually has expectations. Not some Knicks team who we're, you know, going crazy about because they're, you know, barely in the hunt. But an actual Yankees team with expectations to be really good. As much as I think they're going to let us down in the end with their World Series aspirations, at least they're miles, miles ahead of where the Knicks are. Um, as good as the Knicks have been this year. So I don't want to waste my time uh, on this Knicks team who's been really, who've just been really pathetic lately. Um, but it was a really ugly night. Julius Randle, again, atrocious. RJ Barrett, again, atrocious. Randall, I think he's burnt. 
I think he's gassed. I, it just, I, I, he just doesn't look into it. He doesn't look the same. He doesn't have the touch. Nothing is dropping right now for him. Um, well, tonight it wasn't. He's been inconsistent though, really since the since the break. Um, you could see he's not had that same pizzazz as consistently. And tonight, again, the defense has not been as good for Randall, and the offense has been up and down. Uh, and and like like most times when Randall and RJ struggle, so does the rest of the offense, and the Knicks have a tough time winning. And if you look at their schedule up until this point, the teams they've defeated have been you know subpar teams for the most part, and the teams they've lost to have been top competition. But lately, the Minnesota Timberwolves, who were the worst team in the league, statistically, and now the Dallas Mavericks, who are average, just like us, we play some of our worst basketball this season against the two. 86 points tonight, man. That's... No. You can't. You can't do that. You can't score 86 points in 2021. Can't do it and expect to win. And so, like I said, like I said, I'm, I'm going to stand by what I said. I was hoping the Knicks would have done something at the trade deadline because I'm not exactly as high on Alec Burks and Reggie Bullock as the Knicks are. I think they've been fine this year. But to rely on them two as your only sharpshooters, I still think they need something else. Would have been nice to get another wing who could shoot. Derrick Rose was fucking 1 for 10, so the point guard situation isn't exactly pretty right now. He's an okay stopgap, but he's okay. He's not exactly going to be on all the time. So we don't exactly have a point guard. Right, we've got quickly who's more of a guy who's going to look for his own buckets, and that's fine. And then we've got Alfred Payton, who's obviously not fit to be a starting point guard on any other team. And you've got Derrick Rose, who's probably the best option to start a point guard. But again, at his age, you know, the amount of mileage and injuries he's got under his belt, he's not exactly going to be Mr. Consistency. So you're going to have games like this where he goes one for ten. So it's a point guard scenario and it's it's the lack of a of a legitimate third scorer. That continues to be an issue for this team. And Clyde was you know Clyde Clyde's funny man. He was ripping the Knicks all night, which I loved, but then he just randomly said like something along the lines of the Nick offense being this inept We've never seen this before. Yeah, we have. We've seen this all year. Their offense has been very inept. It's the defense that's been winning them games. And when the offense does win them games, it's because of Julius Randle or R.J. Barrett, right? Or maybe Emmanuel quickly chipping in. But for the most part, the offense doesn't... They struggle. It's a chore watching this offense generate buckets sometimes because it's really difficult for them to, to create easy looks. They don't have that creator. And they don't have the consistent shooters. And they have some shooting, but they don't play them. Kevin Knox isn't in the rotation. You know. The guy who's shooting 40% from three isn't in the rotation. 
your worst shooter on the team is your starting point guard. He's out there every day. So, there are ways to adjust it and make it better, but we don't do it. Just a fan with an opinion. That's all I am. And it's not getting easier, man. I mean, these have been really fucking easy games. That's what's the most frustrating thing about it. For the most part this season, we've been exactly how you want a 500 team to look. Which is, you try your best against the elite competition. And you take care of the teams you're supposed to beat. That's what we've been doing for the most part. But now we're dropping games against teams we need to beat. And we only have, for the most part, we've got some tough competition coming up next. We've got the Nets coming soon. We've got the Celtics coming soon. The Raptors. Those are the three teams in the Atlantic. And we're not good. Our record versus the Atlantic is not good. We've got the Lakers not long after those teams. Clippers after them. It's not like we're going to get second chances here to beat the Wolves and another chance against the map. No. For the most part, man, we've got top Western Conference teams, top Eastern Conference teams coming up. We have the second toughest schedule in the East from here on out. That's what Han said tonight on the pregame. So, I don't know, man. I'm not going to sit here and... I'm just tired of, like... I'm tired of playing the game. Oh, I'm just happy we're in this position. I'm not playing that game anymore, man. We are officially... We're in this mode where... I want to make the playoffs at this point. I want to make the playoffs. I would be disappointed if we missed at this point. I really, really, really want to make the playoffs. So maybe that's why I sound a little hard on them. Because I really want to make the playoffs now. We've gotten this. It's we've gotten the taste. We've gotten this taste. Why can't we just, you know, maybe I'm greedy here, but I want to make the playoffs. You've teased us all year. Let's not start hitting this skid and and falling. Now I think we're number eight. Now I have to check, but we're not far from from dropping into one of those playing spots. And I do not want to be there. I do not want to be. In one of those two playing games. I do not. I want to be above there. I want to, I would prefer we, we be top six here. Top six is my ideal scenario. But the Knicks lose tonight. Chris stops presenting us after a rough first half. Ends up. I don't know how much he had. But he ends up cooking later in the third. And the Mavericks just cooked the Knicks. Luka hitting that dagger in the fourth off the bank. And the Knicks end up losing. And, you know, they have every right, Mavs fans, to be trolling the Knicks right now. Because um, the Knicks fans would have done exactly the same. And more. Because the Knicks have a large fan base. And Dallas has about six fans. But the Knicks fans, I'm sure the Knicks fans would be trolling tonight if we took this victory. Could you imagine? You know, Randall greater than KP. KP soft. Tingus Pingus. I'm sure we would have went off. But... You gotta take if you if you what's that what's that saying? You can give it. You gotta take it. Or some bullshit like that. I don't know. But yeah, these rotations suck. You know. 
Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting the same result, right? That's another cliche I like to I like to follow. I don't know. It is true though. We keep asking Tibbs to make these adjustments, but tonight you can't even blame the point guard position. You can't blame Alfred Payton. He was actually one of the few who were over fifty percent. He was three for six, but it was just Thibodeau not sticking with the hot hand and and just going with the fixed two K esque rotations that the script said to go with. Very Aaron Boone esque. All right, guys. Again, I, I think that's I think that's going to be it. We'll get to the question of the day um, first. We're going to hit this plug. So, really quick, before we get back into the show, I do want to remind you that if you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast or subscribed to my blog or followed me on social media even, you can do all that by going to my link tree. Just go to linktr.ee slash rjcarbone. That is linktr.ee slash rjcarbone. Guys, thanks so much. Let's get back to the show. Um, all right, so... In episode 225 of the podcast, last episode, I asked you guys, how many 82-game seasons did Allen Houston have as a Nick? And the answer to that question, three. He had three 82-game seasons as a Nick. He was an Ironman. R.J. Barrett has played in all 49 for the Knicks, knock on wood. Was questionable entering this one with the ankle. But he ended up playing, and maybe that was a reason why he was so pathetic. Was that he was playing hurt. Alright. Um, tonight's episode 226, our NYY, NYK question of the day. On this day, April 2nd, in 2013, the Knicks defeated the Miami Heat behind Melo's big game. Melo led that game in points. How many points did he score? All right, so let me say it one more time. On this day, April 2nd, back in 2013, the Knicks defeated the Miami Heat behind Melo's game high in points. How many points did Carmelo Anthony score? All right. So that's our NYY, NYK question of the day for this episode, episode 226 of the podcast of BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. This episode is sponsored by Anchor. Best way to make a podcast. You can do it straight from your phone or on the computer. Anchor will pay you for reading this advertisement like I'm doing right now. If you want to make a podcast on Anchor and get started, go to anchor.fm or download the Anchor app. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. If you haven't subscribed yet to this podcast, be sure to do that right now. You can find us on all the platform feeds, uh, the podcast feeds, you know, those different platforms for your shows, like Apple Podcasts, if you find your, you know, wherever you get your podcasts, most likely we are on that feed. Spotify, SoundCloud, um, the video version of this podcast is up on YouTube, so comment, give us a like, subscribe to it on there. 
Um, share us. Download this podcast if you want. Um, thank you guys so much. Thank you. I really appreciate those who do tune in. Um, get all two of you. I really appreciate that. So um, that's 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 all we've got. Don't wanna. I, I I could go on. I could, but I just don't have the energy, man. They just they when they play like this, man. It just it takes a lot out of me. So hopefully they can get back at it. And we've got the Detroit Pistons. We have a back to back. So we've got the Detroit Pistons. Um, I say tomorrow on Saturday, but as you are listening to this, it is probably Saturday. So Detroit is the next one up for us, and we've got to take that. You can't lose to the Pistons. Uh, we've done a pretty good job of beating the Pistons, so hopefully we can do it again. Um, it is a back-to-back, and I think they're getting Killian Hayes back. So, got to take care of them. If we lose this Pistons game, man, all hell might break loose. Then we might be start. Then it might be time to start talking about dire straits, to be honest with you. Um, so let's let's beat the shit out of the Pistons and it's tough because when you had the fucking Wolves and you had the fucking Mavericks and you couldn't do either of those games, now you're in a shit position. And it looked like they were in a solid position coming into these two games, right? They had the Wizards twice who they took down. They beat the Bucks. They got lucky there because they didn't have Randall, but the Bucks didn't have Giannis. So they were on that three in a row streak where it looked like, okay, we're in good shape to, to give a few games, but I did not expect those games that they were going to give to be against these two bottom-tier teams or, or middling team in the Dallas Mavericks and a bottom team in the Wolves. Because now we're looking at it, and it's we have to take care of the Pistons, but even if we do, we have the Nets coming up after that. So it's like we get the Pistons, we go back to 500, and then we get the Nets, and we're most likely going to fucking lose that one, and we go back under 500. Then we've got the Celtics, the fucking Raptors, the fucking Lakers, the Clippers, the Grizzlies... It's not going to be easy. So that's what I'm saying, man. That's why I wish they would have made a move at the deadline because they can't afford to to lose to teams like this and then they're going into tough competition on the brink. It sucks. So, hey, I'm just a fan. All right, guys, that's all we've got for this one. Thank you so much for tuning in. Once again, I'm your host, RJ Carbone. This is episode 226 of the podcast, BD4, where there is no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. And I'll see you in the next one, guys. All right, thank you so much. I'll see you time. Ciao. This podcast is sponsored by Anchor.